Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media, where we make up a movie really fast for you based on a random suggestion from the internet. I'm joined by three of the Hollywood elite today. We have our writer, Ben Lifson, who is HBO's resident tasteful nudity writer. We have Kyle Decker, our director, who is John Candy's stunt double on Uncle Buck. And we have Scott Reefer, our producer, who was the stunt supervisor supervisor on Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So he just made sure that the stunt supervisor wasn't getting himself accidentally into, you know, problems doing the stunts. So, Anyways, I have a prompt for you here. The theme of this story, epic comedy, the main characters, contemplative mentor, and composed ambassador. The start of the story is infiltration. The end of the story is premonition. So I just want to say how honored I am that Disney is approaching us to giving us the Star Wars license on this story. I'm really excited to be doing the young Qui-Gon Jinn story. So my thought here is that we we open with, this is obviously, you know, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, he just left Yoda, and he has to bring this ambassador to uh, Uduwan, or whatever those planets' names are. So, you know, it's... But, you know, they're really opposites. Like, you know, Qui-Gon's really boring, and the ambassador's just, you know, kind of a hotshot. Kind of playing with it, because you usually think of the ambassador as kind of a boring person. But So they are going around, and um, it turns out that there's an assassin going after our heroes. Our ambassador, who, I don't know, give a goofy Star Wars name to, it's just a real name, and then something, a goofy word like Chad Womplar. Yeah, Chad Wamplar and Qui-Gon Jinn. It, it sounds just about right. Just put it on enough action figures and you'll accept the name. Where's Chad Wamplar from? Um, El Cardo. Okay. El Cardo. Um, it, it, look up Wikipedia. It's, it's there somewhere. So, so actually, yeah, we're going to have our ambassador get captured. It's going to be, we're going to do it like in media rest sort of thing where we see the ending where the ambassador has been kidnapped and so Qui-Gon has to infiltrate, use sort of his Jedi powers, makes him look like, you know, trick him into going somewhere else, opening doors with his hands, or maybe the door was just electronic and he was just showing off, but whatever. And then at the very end, you know, he he rescues the um, ambassador and they get, and you know, we'll throw in our references, we'll have R2 there for some reason, just because we have to have him there. Um, just as a, hey, look, it's that guy, and I like this. That's a reference to a thing I know, which you got to have. I think that's sort of a, a mandate in all of Disney's movies is, hey, I recognize that thing. Has to happen. Um, but yeah, they rescue it. But then at the very end, he has a vision. Qui-Gon has a vision of episode one. And that um, he realizes that it's his destiny, that he needs to go to Tatooine. He needs to make all these mistakes so they can get this young boy. And it makes you adds a whole new light where Qui-Gon knew he was going to die the whole time. And that's why he made such terrible decisions. Because it was the will of the Force to do it. Alright, and what's the title of this film? Young Qui-Gon, A Star Wars Story. Alright, 
So, Kyle, you have the script for Young Qui-Gon, colon, a Star Wars story. I should clarify. Is it a colon or is it a, a, a comma? It has to be a colon. Okay. So you've got the, the draft on your, your desk there. What do you think? All right. Well, first, I'm changing the title because that's fucking terrible. We're going to call it Visions of Prophecy, uh, a Star Wars story, okay. because, you know, that's kind of Qui-Gon's thing. Right. You also, have- also, you forgot to put in Count Dooku, who was a Jedi and his master. So we need to cast, like, it needs to be a Count Dooku, a young Count Dooku, a young Qui-Gon oh, story. Oh, we could CGI Count Dooku back. No, we're not doing that. I, I like what you got going over there. So, so Count Dooku is going to be, and he's not Count Dooku yet. It's whatever his Jedi name was, I, Dooku, I guess. I don't know. Uh, played by Ma- Michael Fassbender is going to play Christopher Lee, basically, and then uh, Benjamin Walker is going to play Qui- our Liam Neeson slash Qui Gon. Benjamin Walker, you most famously remember from Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So you know we can rock out action in a beard really well, but also he's not really that well known. We're kind of sticking with the uh, like Fastbender will kind of draw people in, but Walker's got some chops. He's a great action star and will do really well. I want the ambassador they're uh, they're they're helping and all to be a collector of ancient artifacts and everything, and one of them is an ancient Jedi tome or tablet was which has the prophecy and that's what really leads to Qui-Gon getting latched onto this prophecy. Oh. And that's 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 kind of the big thing is Qui-Gon kind of really gets latched onto the mythos of the force and everything. Rather than the Midichlorians, we're gonna try and work around. Oh yeah, I guess we, we can't can. we can't mention those. Good. Work around was really tie into the mythos of the Jedi and like play around with that. With the Star Wars Rebels TV show, they've really kind of gone into the with the Bindu. I don't know if you've the big kind of neutral force being. Oh, I've never seen Star Wars. They've really kind of played more with the mysticism, the different parts of the force. So I think we're going to have a really great. I want lots of vistas of them of of Dooku and Qui-Gon traveling in these ancient ruins and everything. So great fight scenes. Uh, instead of fighting, they won't be able to fight anyone with lights, other bad guys with lightsabers because the Sith are just a mystery now. But they're going to have to save this ambassador whose ship has crash-landed. And there's a, like a very brutal kind of warrior species, if you will, there that's holding him prisoner. And then uh, Qui-Gon, to prove his worth, has to enter the arena with these beans and fight and, and as a warrior prove his way. Meanwhile, Fassbender Dooku's kind of behind the scenes getting the information we have and doing some kind of espionage stuff. And that's he starts seeing inklings of he finds some ancient Sith artifacts, and that's where Dooku starts his kind of journey towards the dark side. So yes, uh, we're going to call this Visions of Prophecy, a Star Wars story. Who plays Chad? Chad. He's the ambassador. Uh, Frank, or- Frank Langello. We're done. You're good. All right. You just threw a name at a dartboard and hit Frank. No, Frank well, I mean, Lange- Frank Langello is a great character actor. He played Nixon. He can play an ambassador. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Scott, you've got a full draft and treatment for Visions and Prophecy, a Star Wars story on your desk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think? How are you going to get this thing made? Well, I just want to start things out by saying you guys are real cute here. I really like this story that you're bringing to me. I think it's neat, but i got to say that fucking title's got to go. I want to call this thing Jedi's Without Borders, colon, A Star Wars Tale. You see, I really want to go in with, uh, you know, being able to travel everything. Oh, and uh, you mentioned Disney before, and i got to say thank you so much, Disney. I've never seen so many. 
many zeros in my life on that check they cut us. And in fact, we're going to be filming this thing all live on location on El Cardo. Um, we're, we're pushing forward with SpaceX. We're getting in there. We're flying to the planet. We're doing the whole thing. It's great. It's going to be fine. Might be a few years, but we'll get it. We're going to do it. Uh, also, I want I want to bring in, you know, big name right now in movies that I really think, you know, I'm trying to listen to these kids here and whatnot. I kind of want to get Jeff Goldblum into the mix here. I'm thinking maybe seeing him as the Chad character, you know, kind of bring in like that, that like sexy little older father type. You know, he's real. He's real hip with the ladies, you know. What do you guys think on that? Like that, that, that kind of. Well, I mean, he's kind of not a no name actor. He's not a no-name actor, right. Goldblum. Yes, that's my point. We we, we like like let's let's bring in everyone, right? Let's pull it all the stops here, right? Real lightsabers, real like we got to get a whole bunch of extras because we got to you know I mean someone's gonna get hit with a lightsaber, so you know we got to a lot of people. Insurance, yeah. insurance, insurance. Well, I don't think lightsabers actually exist. What you see it when when we write movies, we make up fairy tales. What? Yeah. What well, is this thing? Well, yeah, yeah. The lightsabers are just like a piece of like plastic covered in green screen, and we just in post oh. make them lightsabers. Also, oh. El Cardo is not a real place. But I thought you said it was in the. Oh, it's in a galaxy far, All far right. away, so we can never Got get it. there. Okay, then um, I think the next best option is uh, Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, get up there, get on some of those beautiful volcano fields and stuff like that, right? I think that'd be kind of nice. Probably cost about the same. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was thinking more of a desert planet, but honestly, that's overdone in Star Wars. Iceland sounds great. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sick of that hot air climate. Yeah. You know, let's go somewhere nice, a little more culture, you know? And we can hit hot springs after long days of shooting. It's great. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Oh, budget. I mean, we're we're Disney. We, we got the Disney right? budget. We got the Disney budget. We're doing the next Star Wars. I mean, I you know, we're hundreds of millions. We're great. Like, okay, your little ticker tape counter hasn't finished yet, so you're not exactly sure. So it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So Ben, you've got a lot of zeros. You've yeah. Got some some names attached. You have to shoot in Iceland. What do you think? Well, I'm I'm glad about that. I think I I've, I've been talking about with the official Star Wars canon people. And the prophecy about bringing balance to the Force, they never state who says that prophecy. So I'm thinking this is actually going to, in order to tie it in more, um, this is actually going to be the prophecy that says Mm -hmm. to bring balance to the Force. Tie up that plot hole. Right, exactly. So I think, and I think that aligns up timeline-wise. It's long enough away for the Jedi. I mean, 20 years in Star Wars is apparently enough for everyone to forget about the Jedi, so... Like, 20 years is enough for them to consider it an ancient prophecy. Right. So I think we'll be fine on that. So yeah, that's the ancient prophecy tome. I kind of want to wanna give a Yoda a couple scene, extra scenes. Um, I think he can kind of be... Because you see that a little bit in episode one where... I mean, Yoda's almost like the angry chief in sort of a cop movie. Like, Qui-Gon, you're, you're, you're a rebel. You don't play by the rules. So. Give me your badge. Exactly. I, I kind of want to put in a couple bit of conflict in there where Yoda, you know, saying like... Rebel, you are reckless and buddy cop movie. This is yeah, exactly, and it basically is. You know, we have Qui Gon and we have Dooku and we have Chad, who I feel like is getting a little underwritten, but I do understand that Dooku is kind of more interesting than Chad uh, Wampu today. Today, Wampar. Yeah, I noticed that no one in they've erased any mention of Chad Wampar. They just call him Chad because apparently Wampar sounds silly. Maybe we got to get him his own movie. And right. Chad, Chad doesn't. Right, exactly. So I, I'm totally cool with that. 
I think we can also, I'm going to write in a couple scenes with Palpatine a bit. I think, you know, we can give him a tiny... When he's like a state senator yeah. of like a region of Naboo? I think that that's a nice, would be a nice little cameo. Um, just see like a couple, you know, campaign ads for like, I am Palpatine, you can trust me. Would this face lie to you? I mean... It, but he was like a doddering old man in episode one. Uh, okay. <coughs> well, you know... I mean, people, it's the future, right? People don't He's want, even younger then. People don't like... People like the Emperor being goofy. Okay? Well, you know what? That can be... Okay, you know what? Since somebody is thinking about this... Okay, we're going to have the Palpatine scene when in the vision of the future. How, how about that? Or Dooku sees a vision of the future. Too. You know, Yeah, I'm writing that. During the same scene where uh, Qui-Gon has his vision of the future, which happens because he's almost dead during their big climax against the the droids, Dooku also meets future Palpatine, who's like, yes, good. I mean, it's basically exactly the same scene as in The Hobbit's Five Armies one. Mm. That was great. Let's really latch ourselves onto that fantastic film. Yeah. All right, so Kyle... You've got some uh, more changes? Yeah, I'm I'm changing the title back to Visions of Prophecy, because that's a great fucking title. That will sell, because it eats up into that mysticism those Star Wars nerds love with Jedi and everything. I like the idea that the prophecy can still be ancient, but the reason Qui-Gon's all, like, passionate about it in Episode One is he's the one who discovered it in this journey he took with. Uh, And and he's no longer Chad. Um, That's not a Star Wars name, really, but it's Chad... We, there's a hyphen and two A's in there, so now it's a Star Wars name. We're good. Uh, like still play by the same. Yeah, just mm-hmm. C-H-A hyphen or apostrophe oh, A-D. Both. You can act yeah. both. Yeah. You can edit the pause in post, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we haven't filmed that much. Is we're still pretty much in storyboards, and the only thing we've really done is a bunch of the special effects and some of the, the space travel stuff because that's, you know, we're just really showing that to travel from planet to planet. That's all that does. And some cool spaceships that make new toys we can sell to the kids. By the way, there's a whole bunch of new spaceships in here for toys. R2-D2 makes a, makes a, a cameo, but they do have on the, on the ship that Dooku and Qui-Gon travel because Disney said they need more marketable toy stuff. There is a a droid on there, and he's like an archaeology droid. We're going to call him S210. We'll figure out, we'll retroact what those letters mean, something cool related to archaeology. But it would be a very smart, wizened Jedi kind of education droid that does research and everything and finds things out and just kind of keeps an archive of the knowledge. Even better, we're used, there's a droid in the Clone Wars television series. He's an archival droid voiced by David Tennant. And we're just going to bring that character back in the film to make more toys over him. we got David Tennant doing the voice acting. He's a great archaeology droid. And we'll just tie in the Clone Wars with this and everything. So it'll be a prequel to the Clone Wars. or the It's a prequel to the prequels. It's a movie everyone's always wanted is a prequel to the prequels. Ooh, and the bad guy, Chad, will end up being the bad guy. And he has actually engineered the crash and everything because he is trying to steal all this archaeology to himself to make money. And Qui-Gon and Dooku want to get the the artifacts back because yeah. this is knowledge that Jedi know. And the ultimate battle is between Qui-Gon and Chad's like army of like mercenaries and everything. And it's like Dooku and Qui-Gon are back-to-back with their lightsabers fighting off this horde of like cutthroat, Ravager-esque mercenaries and everything that are hired by this army of Chad. 
and ultimately they defeat Chad and blow up his ship and kill him and everything. It'll be great. Visions of Prophecy is a great title. I, trust me, it's the it's killed in focus groups. The Star Wars nerds are eating it up. Like we're gonna sell so many replica lightsabers. We literally it's just printing money. All right, so Scott, you've got some updates to the scripts and processes being used here. What do you think? Is this gonna work for you? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really liking it. I gotta say, I really like this idea of making Chad the bad guy here. They're never gonna see the uh, the ambassador here coming back to backstab him. I think it's gonna be great. I really like what you're laying down with these more droids and stuff. You know, they definitely want, you know, they're, they're really pushing on us to get more products out there and things like that. Uh, oh, speaking of products and placement, we also have to somewhere in here fit in, like maybe just a poster in the background like you were talking about, you know, just no big deal, but of Mickey Mouse, you know, no big deal, um, just to kind of roll it into the whole Disney universe. You know what I'm saying. Like they just, they just want to keep it all together and nice and tight. But anyway, I love this uh, thing with him being the bad guy. I love this. I wouldn't mind maybe seeing some sort of, you know, plucky side character, something kind of goofy, maybe with another silly... That's what the architect yeah. wrote, yes. Oh, okay, David cool. Tennant. David cool. Tennant oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. David Tennant. No, I'm, I'm really digging getting that guy He on. cracks wise just fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it when he cracks those wise. Let's see. So we're going to Iceland. I like this. I'm digging this script quite a bit. Yeah, so when can we start? I mean, we've already started filming in Iceland since you gave that green light. I sent most of the advanced team there to Oh, great. Yeah, sets and everything. I've been on vacation there for weeks now. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Basically, Michael Fassbender, Frank, Frank Langella, and uh, Benjamin Walker have already like taken a private plane there. And Frank already Langella reversed. got cut for Jeff Goldblum. Oh. We'll keep him up. We'll, make him, we'll, we'll put another droid in there. I mean, an assistant droid to the archaeology droid. It's fine. <sighs> All right. Sorry, Frank. That was like a personal favor for him, for me. Like I told him I'd put him in my next movie. We'll find a place for him. There's always a place for him. Don't worry about it. He could voice a hut. Yeah. Well, what? there was no hut in the script? What's wrong with you people? I mean, you could just have a... He's like, oh, are you just playing I Remember Something from Star Wars it, Bingo? What? Yes. That's the thing I remember. Let's yes, just bitch that crap in did there. Did you not read our business model? <laughs> <sighs> I'll have Frank play, like, the lead of the, like, mercenary. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Anything else you want to add, Scott? No, I'm really excited to see where this thing goes. All right. Me too. Let me go ahead and plug this into the movie machine here. I'm going to pull the lever, which, which sounds like a, a Wookiee shout. So, friends, you know, the prequels were pretty bad and are pretty well despised. I got to let you know, currently, you're, you're sitting below all three on, on Rotten Tomatoes. What? This movie comes out, and there's a lot of, like, individual moments in it that are interesting and cool and exciting. As a film overall, it comes out looking like an unfinished, hastily slapped-together mess. People like the various actors that you've you've cast in this, other than the main guy, Benjamin Walker, or whatever. People are, are not super stoked about, about him as a whole. But it very much does come off exactly as you're saying, as things I remember, bingo... With kind of a plot and some fighting they, against some, but, but they weren't angry with Rogue One. But this broke the line. This did break the line, yes. Uh, to, to my knowledge, R two is not in Rogue One until the very end. Yeah, uh, which is in line. R two is not built for twenty years after this movie is set. 
Palpatine would be like a young man in this, so it's weird to like. Now R two his exists like he was a. It was we, a, we can have a prototype. C three PO was built. You know R two D two. Let's do a Reddit a M- AMA and explain how all these complaints yeah. are wrong. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell uh, our, put our fans straight. Yeah. You know? So, the fans of Star Wars are not super kind. Patton Oswalt writes a huge, huge, huge rant about it on Facebook. He's just jealous he was in it. His new comedy album comes out, and he calls his new comedy album Visions of Suck as, like, a reference to Visions of Prophecy. Yeah, and there's a, a long rant about you guys on there. So this is not doing well. So with that said, you each have a little bit of time. You can use your movie machine magic to have glimpsed the future there briefly. You can go back and try and make a few little changes if you would like. Or if you want, you can call it art and say, fuck it, I made a great Star Wars story and you can go eat some dicks. <laughs> so beginning with Ben. Okay, fine. We'll cut out these references. I thought that the fans liked that, but apparently fans don't know what they want. Right. So we'll cut out the hut scene. We'll cut out the Wampa. We'll cut out the Max Rebo band segment. Why? I left all that on the cutting room floor. Did you go around me? How are you? You're the writer. How do you have that? Like, oh, I, I, I intentionally didn't film most of that shit. Oh, okay. Well, good. I, I'm saying I'm removing it from the script. And I, I mean, I haven't actually seen this movie. I'm just assuming that you're perfectly following out my entire script. But I guess not. I think... I don't know. Maybe it's just that the Jedi were trying to do sort of this buddy cop thing, and both the Jedi are kind of not are kind of the same character. As in, you know, they're both kind of serious, stoic, and we're not having that sort of them playing off each other as much. Let's see, I'd almost suggest we can emphasize some of like the droids a bit more, um, how they play off against the Jedi. You know, make them kind of more the straight man kind of thing. I think that the battle, you know, make that really a bit more intense. Just see a lot of, which I'm sure you're doing already, a lot more fighting in there. I think the big prophecy scene can, yeah, any fan service we would have, let's just put it in the prophecy scene because that fits in there. Like, I can see everything in the future. Fans would eat that up. And I don't know, I think maybe we just maybe throw in an extra space battle in there. Just something kind of really fun. All right, Kyle, the action's been amped up. What do you think? Yeah, I got this fixed. All right, so what we're going to do, Benjamin Walker, while he was, I was, I'm the only person that can see his genius and talent, we'll we'll go with Ralph Fiennes. He kind of looks like Liam Neeson, and he's a good actor. People will honestly, he'll kill it. I just was trying to go with a more unknown, but yeah, we'll go with Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes, however the fuck you pronounce his name. He's a really good actor who kind of looks like Liam Neeson. And what we're going to do is they're just going to be transporting the ambassador and their ship gets attacked and gets separated. And Qui-Gon crashes on this, like, desolate planet, this, like, underground, like, we're going to really make it almost street noir. In fact, let's make it Narshada. Like, he ends up getting stranded in Narshada. Let's go with the noir. Like, we won't put huts in there directly, but we'll put that underworld thing. And Liam Neeson, I mean, not Liam Neeson, I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn has to get off the planet because he has to get to the planet where we filmed all the Iceland scenes to save what he thinks the ambassador and his master, Dooku. And we'll go for a very taken, like he's very driven to go save his master. And then we'll really play out, we'll make the, when Dooku abandons the Jedi, we'll make that scene where Dooku and, and Obi-Wan meet each other. Like being, it's more, has more gravitas. Because like, 
how could Dooku fall the dark side? Like, my master told me that great story about that time that he risked everything to save him. If he just let you die, you wouldn't be Count Dooku and be evil. Like, that, that will, like, tie in the whole universe and everything. So we'll have this great Qui-Gon just, like, punching his way through the underworld to get the information and all he needs to save his master. And then they find, like I said, kind of like Rogue One at the end where they're just like, here's the Death Star plans at the end. They're like, here's the prophecy. At the end, they just read about the prophecy, and that's just, it's about getting there. The whole thing is this great action piece of Qui-Gon Jinn just kicking ass to save his master and the ambassador and ends up being really awesome. Turns out the ambassador's on it. Oh, and to keep Patton Oswalt, we're going to get Patton Oswalt a bit as a with some lines as as a as a information broker on Nar Shada that helps Liam Neeson. I mean Qui Gon get off the planet. And then since he's intricately involved in the movie and collecting a paycheck, he can't talk shit about it. All right, so Scott, what do you think? The, the significant changes to the the story. Here. I still get paid, right? Because I think only 2% of my script is now there. Yeah, yes. okay, I still get paid. Yes, you still okay. get paid. Obviously, I'm you get paid. <laughs> it's a Disney all movie. Paid. No, I'm liking this new direction. I like the action. I think, um, you know, just looking through some of this this Reddit thing you were talking about, people seem to like a lot of the, the action. I think we need to maybe bring in a Yoda fight scene. People seem to love seeing seeing the CGI Yoda flipping around doing a lot of stuff in here. Maybe a maybe a fight scene between him and Qui-Gon, you know? As training? Sure, why not? We can do that, yeah. Or maybe Qui-Gon has a moment where he's evil? No, that's no. too much of a story no. change. No. Okay, okay, that's fine. Definitely, I love all this direction with the action. And I, and I totally agree with you. We need to get Patton Oswalt in here. Maybe even some more names. I don't know. Can we get Patton Oswalt the fight scene? No. I mean, no. it'd just be kind of nice to see someone punch him. He would the head. run out of breath so quick. I mean, and he'd be the first to admit that. I think just have him be like, unless oh, like, or, or like if he gets beaten up. Simon right. Pegg yeah. did a great job as a big, fat, ugly alien in Episode Seven. So let's just kind of give like Patton Oswalt like a big, fat, ugly alien kind of deal and let okay. him do his thing. He'll okay. be happy. I'll trust your judgment on this one. I mean, I trusted you with the change of the title back, but yep, yeah, all right, so. Pat Oswalt, big fat ugly alien. Yoda more fight scenes. Qui Gon more fight scenes. No, no uh, fight scenes with Yoda. He's just there for wisdom. All the fight scenes are are Dooku and Qui Gon only. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for that. I'm gonna draw a line in the sand for that. Producer, what do you think? Ben, you get Kyle's paycheck. You can't do that. I've done tons of work. I will file a big public lawsuit. Ben, you want to direct? Uh, <laughs> uh, fine. I've already filmed 95% of the film. You can't redo it. <laughs> Fine. No Yoda fight scenes then. <sighs> Thank God. All right. So let me plug this data back in here. See how you guys did. Your movie does better. You are ranked higher than you were before. You you have successfully made it above episodes one and two on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This, this plays like one of the more action-heavy Star Wars films that's out there there's actually not like all that much star warsy shit in it the way you've done it it's more like and you know a, a liam neeson movie without liam neeson set in the star wars universe right yeah and it, it ends up playing kind of an interesting <laughs> way there are a lot of people who actually like this movie particularly the people who got really upset when they cast female leads in Star Wars movies when they started making the new ones because it's all male characters there's absolutely no women in it so it, it's perfect because there's there's a, a group of people who really hated like Star Wars shit before or were getting mad about the new movies who really like this one 
So you, you've tapped into a good market. Awesome. You make your money back. Yeah, you are making movies for everybody. Your fans know what they want. So this is, this um, is good. Yeah, I suddenly don't feel good about this movie. <laughs> Brian Posehn gives Patton Oswalt shit for close to 10 years on uh, on Twitter and various other social medias that have yet to develop. <laughs> But it becomes like a running joke with them, and Patton Oswalt's super cool with it. So there you have it, folks. Visions of prophecy. And as always, we will end our episode with a quote of wisdom from our divine saint, Guy Fieri. I get more crawfish flavor out of this than when I eat crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't a fucking sauce from the